I hope that you really enjoy um, getting into these books. Um, it has been a it has been a blessing for me, and you know, as you get in and see, like First Corinthians. He's really trying to get them all on the same page. I mean, he's he's trying to correct things. This is a, a dysfunctional team, so to speak. And and tonight we want to to look at the aspect that that we're team players. And and really, I don't care how you look at it. All of life, you need to learn to be a team player. You're going to work a job, and you need to be a team player on the job. You're going to live in a family. You need to be a team player there. You are in a church. You need to be a team player there. Um, we're Iowans. We need to be team players. And we're Americans. I mean, all throughout, all throughout, we need to learn to be Team players. And and right at the start of Corinthians, Paul said, I hear there's divisions among you. And and then all the way through, he's correcting things that, that don't make for unity and don't develop a team. I, I'm sure many of you have been on various teams whether it's a work team or um, sports team or family, and and you've seen when there isn't a team mentality, what it produces. I hope you've had the privilege of of being on a team that really had a a mentality of. It's all about the team. In the old Peanuts cartoon, Lucy came in and demanded that her brother Linus change the TV channel and then threatened him. And, and he said, what makes you think you can just walk in here and take over? <clears throat> and Lucy held up her hand and she said, these five fingers... When they're individually, they can't do anything, but when I curl them up like this in a single unit, they become a terrible weapon to behold. And Linus said, what channel do you want it on? And as she turned away, Linus looked at his hand and said, why can't you get together and work like that? I think sometimes God looks at the church and says, why can't you get together and work like that? And it is an awesome sight to behold when you see teamwork. It is, it is amazing. <clears throat> There's the story of the great entertainer Jimmy Durante. And uh, he was asked to be a part of a show for World War II veterans. And he said, 
My schedule is very, very limited. I'm very, very busy. I can only give you a few minutes. If you don't mind one very short monologue, I can do it. Well, they were thrilled to have him be a part of this. And when Jimmy got on stage, he did his short monologue and... um, the crowd was very happy and responded, and and he went on and did another little, little short monologue, and and the applause grew louder and louder, and he stayed longer and longer, and 15 minutes, 20 minutes, finally 30 minutes he'd been there, he stopped and took a bow and left the stage, and backstage someone said, I thought you were on a limited schedule. And he said, I I absolutely am. And they said, well, what happened? He said, I did have to go, but he said, come here, I want to show you what happened. And he pointed out from backstage, and on the front row were two men. Each of them had lost an arm, one a right arm and one a left arm. And together, Jimmy said, they would use the one arms that they had and clap together for me. He said, I could not just walk away from that. When he saw teamwork, he responded. And there is a great, great blessing that comes in, in working together as a team. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, <clears throat> you'll get in and look at it in more detail. But he's, he's saying, I couldn't write unto you as spiritual because you're immature. He was writing to the church of Corinth. Some of you say, I like Paul, and others say, no, I like Apollos. And in verse 5, notice what Paul writes to them. Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom ye believed, as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God which was given to you, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. And then he goes in to the passage we alluded to this morning. We're building and we're going to give an account to it. But notice he says, we are God's co-laborers. We are co-laborers together with God. We are fellow workers. And, and he's urging them. We not only are working with God, we are on the same team. And we're, we're working together. As I said, um, these things that we'll mention tonight apply in whatever team you're on. The same principles apply, and we want to look at these principles and apply them in our own personal lives 
to the teams we're on. I don't just mean sports teams. I mean family, church, um, neighborhoods, citizens, and so on. But number one, to be a good team player, you must get in the best shape possible. To get in the best shape possible. Spiritually, that means you must develop your walk with God as best as possible for the sake of the team. You've heard the statement, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. And a team is only as strong as its weakest member. If, if every team member improved, the whole team would improve. And, and it is. Get in the best shape spiritually to be, we just sang, be strong, be strong, be strong in the Lord. To be strong in the Lord, to have a strong faith that lasts and and whether it's a physical team, a sports team, people that are out of shape, can't go the distance, are weak, that hinders the whole team. So it it is to get in to get in the best shape possible. See the battle that takes place in our life to develop godliness is not just about us. Any one of us, our lack of closeness to the Lord has an effect on the rest of the team. And, and we don't realize that. And in the good part, the good side of it, the closer we get to the Lord, the more we, we grow in the Lord, the more we see things from God's perspective, the better that will be for everybody around us and on the team. So, gets in the best shape possible. Number two, is willing to do whatever is necessary. In other words, is available for whatever will help the cause, will whatever will meet the need, whatever will um, help us reach the goal. John G. Patton said, a great missionary that went to the New Hebrides Islands, among cannibals, he said, when we get the proper view of God, the word sacrifice will disappear from our vocabulary. Meaning, it doesn't matter. If this is what needs done, I don't count it a great sacrifice. Is willing to do whatever is necessary. There's no job too big. There's no job too small. I'm willing to do whatever is necessary to help throughout our American history. There have been critical times in American history that our nation came together to do whatever is necessary to, to help the cause. Some of you, I'm looking around, there's not a whole lot of us, I guess, but most of us don't remember, some of you do, World War II and the sacrifices that were made there. But I can remember um, hearing um, my grandpa talk about those sacrifices, um, hearing my mom and dad, the, 
the willingness that the whole nation was willing to ration various supplies for for the cause, whatever is necessary. Well, we have a cause way greater than any American cause can be. We have the cause of Christ. We have the cause of truth. Truth is at stake in our land today. And whatever is necessary, well, that's not my specialty. You know, when there's war going on, it doesn't matter your specialty. If there is a need and I can help with it, I'm going to jump in and do it. And and the reality is a team player has this attitude, willing to do whatever is necessary. Thirdly, a team player is coachable and willing to change. A, a humble spirit that knows he can learn something from everyone and is approachable. The wisdom from above, James chapter 3 tells us, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, easily to be entreated, easily approachable. Um, a team player wants to be the best that he can be. So he welcomes advice, welcomes um, learning a way that would work better, and not only listens to the advice, but then is willing to change. Um, realizes there's always more to know, there's always room to grow, and and i'm i'm open to that that's that's what we ought to be among one another and and this is what paul's driving at to the church at corinth they're they're divided they're scattered they're pursuing their own interest and he said no we need to come together we need to develop all that we can be coachable the the reality of of being coachable and willing to change and understanding that that change is a constant in life i mean continually we're we're experiencing it now changing from summer to fall i mean sometimes we get stuck in this is the way i've been this is the way i'm going to be this is the way I do it. Well, a team player says, no, if we need to change and this is better, I'm willing to do it. Is coachable and willing to change. Number four, a team player values differences. You know, um, it, it's always, it's always interesting to me to see the differences on on various teams, whether it's businesses or just take for example a football team. There there are little scrawny guys that are fast as lightning, you know what I mean? And there's these big guys that have guts on them, you know, and you think well, they can move mountains, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of them that you see on Sunday are faster than any of us here almost. But um, 
And then, then you've got guys that you think, how does he fit in? But every one of them has a purpose, and it's not like, you know, what if all the big offensive linemen said, get out of here, you scrawny little guy, you're not part of our group. Well, they may knock people down, but they'd run out of gas trying to run the football 10 yards. You know what I'm saying? A team values the differences. Look around how different we are. Some of us are way different. But you know what? God designed those differences to make up the team. Look at the members of your body, how different they are. Your little toe and your ear. I mean, look how different they are. And we could go on and on. And sometimes we, we despise the differences. And at the church at Corn, oh, look at those people. They love Paul because he started this church. But man, listen to Apollos. He's got the golden tongue. So they got their little, all that liked it together. They didn't value the differences in the other. And a team learns to value the differences. And, and there will be differences that may rub you the wrong way initially, but it's taken attitude. What can I learn from them? What is God's purpose for them in the body, in the team, in my own life? And, and realize that we all have strengths, we all have weaknesses, Honestly, thank God that we're not all the same. You may be thinking, if everybody was like me, this would be a wonderful world. Well, no, if everybody was like us, it it would be miserable, all right? We need each other, and we need to, to use the strengths of one another and value the strengths of others. None of us are the complete package. We need others by God's design. So a team player values the differences and appreciates it. A team player, fifthly, provides encouragement. Um, Some people bring happiness wherever they go. Some people bring happiness whenever they go. What are you? I mean, are you an encourager? A team player is one that lifts up, that builds up, that, that strengthens, that encourages. We, we just came through Romans and in Romans 15, you that, that are strong, bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please yourself. Encourage the weak. We all stumble. We all um, have times of valleys that we go through. We all need encouragement. Who doesn't need encouragement? We all do. But the situation is not, well, I'm waiting for someone to encourage me. The best way to be encouraged is to go look for a way to serve others, encourage others, and and building up. Are people better after they are, are around you, or do they feel like they 
they need to go take a bath to wash off all the garbage. But think about it in, in your own life. Am I one that encourages and builds up? A team player encourages and, and builds up. Number six, a team player doesn't care who gets the glory. And specifically, spiritually speaking, a team player wants only God to get the glory. But, but making it on, on just a human plane, a team player, it's not about me. Well, look what I did, and nobody notices what I do around here. A team player's not worried about that. If, if something needs done, we'll get it done, and it doesn't matter who gets the praise for it or, or if anybody gets the praise for it. If that's, if we go back to the one willing to do whatever is necessary and doesn't care if it's rewarded, noticed, um, or anything. It's not about me. It's about the glory of God. And, and a real test of that is after we do something and maybe keep doing it, it's easy for us to think, you know, nobody even cares that I'm doing this. Right there, we're going off into the wrong area. Is this what God wanted you to do? Then do it with all your heart to the Lord. And a team player doesn't care if it's noticed by mankind because he knows that that which is done in secret will be rewarded by the Lord openly. And content with that. Um, you know what? If this is rewardable, God will take care of it, and I'm leaving it up to him. That's a team player. Is concerned about the glory of God, not about about self. It's not about me. And number seven, a team player never quits. One, he knows how it will affect others and it will hurt the cause. And he realizes this and, and he knows that as long as God has given me breath, I have a job to do. And whether I think it's important or not, whether I think it's accomplishing whatever I thought it should, I need to keep doing this. And it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. I mean, probably... The overwhelming majority of you here tonight have known people that have quit on Christ. And think about the initial impact that that had on you. I don't know if, I don't know if some of you have had people that you looked up to spiritually. They may have been instrumental in your salvation or, or in discipling you or people that that you benefited from their ministry and 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 they just quit on Christ they went the other way or or just quit and the impact that that has um it's a, it's sad no man lives to himself and no man dies to himself 
And we may say, well, this is just about me. And there are, there are times, many times that come in life that you will feel like quitting. And, and if, if you felt like quitting recently, understand it's not something's wrong with you. It's the battle that we're in. And that's why the song, be strong, be strong in the Lord. The battle is not ours. And, and there will come times, but we need to, we need to say, God, you paid the ultimate price for me. You promised that your grace is sufficient. I don't feel I can go on another step, but I'm going to take the next step, um, because I want to be faithful. We ought to pray that we could finish well. I mean, honestly, it's how you finish is what really matters. Some, some of you kind of beat yourselves up on how you've started in the Christian life for get up and finish strong. And, and when the temptations come to quit, understand that's not God saying just throw in the towel. That's Satan telling you to do that. And see, the thing is, we can quit and still go through the motions. There, there are, there have been athletic events that I've participated in or watched that you could tell the team quit. They're still out there on the field. They're still on the map, but they're just going through the motions. They're not really, that, that is, despicable. And spiritually speaking, it is an abomination to God. And and the thing is, we ought to be growing continually more in our passion for God, more in our love for God, more in our service for God, that to the point that He is my life, all that thrills my soul is Jesus. And, and there will. There, there comes some difficult, difficult times in life and Satan will, will whisper in your ear, you know, the, the flesh will be there and say, what's the use and why continue? It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. And, and to be steadfast, unmovable, 1 Corinthians, another verse there. Steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. No one, no one ever fights the fight and runs the race and finishes the race and says, I wish I hadn't done that. Paul said, I've fought a good fight, I've finished the course. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. So you think about it. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you some insight. What what of these areas do I need to improve to be a better team player? And And think about it. If every one of us here became a better team player, think of the difference that it would make. I mean, the reality is that when we get 
united in Christ, there is a mighty power that takes place. It's like a laser light. You know what makes laser light so intense is that all the light waves are in sync. They're, they're together. These light waves, they're going everywhere. Okay? Laser light waves, they, they have them in sync and, and they can cut through incredible things. And going back a couple books to the book of Acts, we read over and over with one accord and one mind. They had, they were together in one accord and one mind. That's, they were a team. They, they were together as a team. There is, there is a great, great joy in being on a team that functions as a team. You, you can't explain it. And that's what God wants. This is the only team that matters. And this is the team that God has given us the rich privilege to be on. What kind of team player will you be? Heavenly Father, I pray that we would take personal inventory. Lord, that we, we would examine, are we one that, that indeed encourages? What can we do to get in, in better shape, to be ready, that you would open our eyes and our hearts, that we'd be willing to do whatever is necessary? For the cause of you. Lord, I pray that rather than react to the differences that we see in one another, that we would value the differences, that we would value how you've designed each of us. And Lord, that we would encourage one another and, and build up and strengthen one another. And, and Lord, I pray that you would give us of, uh, fortitude and tenacity that never quits, that you may receive the glory. Lord, what an honor it is to be on your team, to be chosen of you. Lord, what an honor it is to to bear your name, to be a Christian, a follower of you. May we never forget that honor, and Lord, may we live worthy of that name. And may you be honored through the type of team that we are. We pray in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen.